This week's episode of the Props Podcast is brought to you by Classic Auctions. Head over to their website right now, classicauctions.net, to register to bid in their next auction that will feature items from the personal collection of Todd Sloan and J.J. Denault. The auction will include a nice mix of vintage and current items from your favorite sport. Don't wait. Register today at classicauctions.net. And we are back. I am Eric. He is Kevin. This is the Props Podcast. The Props Podcast, powered by Classic Auctions, and it's on right here on the Beckett Media Podcasting Network. What's up, Kevin? How's it going, man? I'm well, man. Uh, third weekend. I'm excited. Season two is going really well. I think. Yeah. Know this, and I think this is gonna be a good one. This was a good flick. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. So uh, before we start, you said that you had a plot point that you want to get into later. So I just want to set you guys all up for Kevin's diatribe that's coming up later in the show. Don't oh, it's there. It's there. Matt, look, and I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I went back and watched it. Like mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks, I could go ten years without seeing that movie, and I could still break it down for sure. you pretty well. I've seen that movie like eighty billion times. I hadn't seen this one in a while, okay. and I think it is very good. But, but. there's one really stupid theme throughout that i'm like what are we doing i got you i got you all right let's start with uh, where we always start the uh, the log line and this one is pretty simple as you you would think if you believe in yourself anything can happen believe okay that's not bad like i figure it just wrote itself shouldn't it just right. be do you believe in miracles right and then like a giant yes with an exclamation <laughs> point that that would work too right but you know fair enough Fair enough. All right, uh, let's let's talk about the box office and all that fun stuff as we do any week, uh, every week. Uh, any any guess here, buddy? Any uh, any you want to take a stab at it? I am fascinated by this because there's not a lot of star power in it. There's not. I mean, it's got Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. and I get that. Um, what year did this come out? Oh four, May of two thousand and four. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. February of 2004. That okay. was the wide release. Okay, and that probably means then... Was that during the Winter Olympics? But was that an Olympic? Because we just had the Winter Olympics this year? Yeah. So that would not have been an Olympic year? I don't... I, maybe that not. doesn't make no, you know what? any sense. That was Summer Olympics. Oh four was Summer Olympics. Okay, well that's going to hurt then. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, I I just don't know why you wouldn't build your release strategy for 02 or 06 then. Right, right. To kind of line up right. with the Winter Olympics. All right, I'm going to say that hurt their box office then. Two, 2004 was definitely the Summer Olympics. I remember because I was in Hammam Ali, Iraq. Okay. When the Iraqi team took third place in the soccer uh, finals. Well, not the finals. Well, they, well, they won the they won the bronze. Yeah, yeah. And everybody in the entirety of Hammam Ali, who was not supposed to have a gun, meaning all Iraqi nationals, all had guns and were shooting them in the air. Wow. And it was very, very scary. I could see that. <laughs> so, uh, yes, 2004 was definitely a Summer Olympics. I'd say that hurt them, but this is like, you know, one of the biggest sports things that's ever happened right. in the history of America. Right. So I still say they brought in a respectable 
15 million for opening Fif- weekend. 15 million is what you're going to go. I'm going to open with 15 million. That is actually a very good guess. Budget for the film was 28 million. Oh, okay. Opening weekend, they had 19.3 million. Right. And, and I bet this movie held on pretty well. So. Gross, gross in the United States uh, as of May 2004, May 6, 2004, $64 million, 64.3. So. All right, so that's not, and it cost 28 to it, make? 28. All right, that's solid. I, I still think you you throw one more big person in there, yeah. you put it in 02 or 06, and that thing has got a shot at $100 billion. Uh, Of course, I, I think so too. And we keep talking about the, the star power, uh, one more big person. Outside of Kurt Russell, I can't tell you that I, I really knew many of these names in this film. There's there's three people that I knew, but I only knew one of their names. Otherwise, I just recognized two of them. Okay. So there is the goalie who... Oh, yeah, who played Jim Craig, yeah. Yeah, and people will probably best know him, and this is sad that I know this, as Tag from the show Friends... So, okay. yeah, Tag was a big player for, like, an entire season of Friends, Romance, and Jennifer Aniston, and all this and that. And I was like, oh, hey, Tag is in this movie. <laughs> and so, like, as, as much as I'm sure he gets recognized for Miracle, I guarantee you, 10 to 1, he gets recognized for being Tag okay. from Friends. And then the assistant coach, uh, I know him as being Jim Carrey's best friend from The Truman Show, all which right. is an all-time favorite movie of mine. Never seen it. It's great. Is it? it is great. And so that was Noah Emmerich. Yeah, okay. yeah. And okay. so I knew him from that. And then uh, Patricia Clarkson right. played uh, Kurt Russell's wife. And well, she'll reappear in this podcast. I promise you that. <laughs> I honestly, I I guess wh- I've watched it twice over the weekend just to get a f- sure get a feel for it. Um, I had not ever really noticed her in anything before, and yeah, maybe. <laughs> She's the best. Okay, the best thing. I'm sure she'll object to this because I'm pretty sure she's been nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, <laughs> like she's she's in this movie called Pieces of April with Katie Holmes, where she plays the overbearing mom. She's really good. But my favorite thing that she's ever been in is the SNL digital short Mother Lover. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's in that along with Susan Sarandon. Sarandon yes. Like I, I know she doesn't want her whole career to boil down to that <laughs> three minutes, but I think that might be the best digital short of all time. Hey, I, have, I have a little, little visual for Facebook Live right now. Uh, raise your hand if you ever played Mother Lover in front of your mother-in-law. That happened. <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, we were, uh, this, was, this was the day of the iPod, right? Okay. And I had it on shuffle. Sure. As we were driving, and uh, it came on, and I kind of forgot who was in the car, and I was singing it, and... It wasn't a great afternoon. It wasn't a great oh afternoon. Oh my gosh! Why? And we were on our way to a wedding at that. I actually, got pulled over that day too. What the <laughs> hell was happening that day? <laughs> we were we were we were running late. To, we were driving from Seattle to the ocean, which is an hour and a half away. Okay, and uh, we were running a little late, and I was I was speeding. Cop pulls me over. He says, "He said, you know, why are you going for, so fast?" I looked at my mother-in-law. Said, so "She won't be quiet." And that, that was. Uh, Did he laugh? He he chuckled, and then I got a ticket. Oh, 
I feel like if you make the cop laugh, you should get out of the <laughs> right, ticket. Exactly. Uh, but that happened for real. I, wow. I played Mother so you Lover. Played, played Mother Lover with your mother in law in the car while you were late to a wedding, mm-hmm. in the midst of which you got a speeding ticket yes. and made a crack about your mother in law to yes. the cop that he chuckled, but you still got a ticket? Yeah, still got a ticket. But the joy of that whole day was uh, the wedding that we were going to. The bride was actually late. Like, really, really, really late. Did you think she was no-showing? I We thought she was... Well, no, we didn't think she was no-showing, but I was really hoping that the uh, the officiant was, was going to leave because it was getting down to the time that okay. she had... And I was like, this will be the greatest day ever. All right. Then I guess I can admit, one of my lifelong goals is to see someone break up a wedding. Oh, wow. Like, I know that's a terrible goal, <laughs> but I've told people whose weddings I've been at that know me, they're like, you better not be hoping my wedding gets broken up. And I was like, look, I think you're awesome. But I kind of do. And it doesn't have to necessarily get broken up, but I want to see someone attempt to break it up. Sure. Like, one of my life goals is for somebody to show up and profess their undying love for one of the people that's getting married and then just see how it plays out. Like, (laughs) I don't want necessarily want their marriage to be broken up, but I just want to see the drama of it all and just be like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um and then uh, I was going all the way back all the way to back. Patricia Clarkson. She's currently in the show Sharp Objects. Oh, which yes. don't believe the hype. Is it bad? It there is so slow. Okay. Like, does it have a crazy twist ending? Sure. And it set social media fire last night, probably because it's the first thing that's happened in that show in eight episodes. And if for some reason they try to bring it back, I'm out. But I made it all the way through because it's only eight episodes. Sure. So even though I thought it was boring after four episodes, I'm like, might as well see how it ends. I I was wanting to check that out. Okay. Boring. I don't know that I will, but may, maybe because I'm running out of stuff to watch on on Netflix and other things like that. So um, you need to watch Ozarks. Watch Ozark. Yeah, Ozarks good. Uh, season two of Ozark comes out on Friday. Okay, well there, there, there we go. go. Now you saved me from Star Project. All right, we were talking about goals, and uh, speaking of goals, this was one of the. I can't say it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, but damn it if it's not one of the best sports movies I've ever seen. It's really, really good. I enjoyed it. It is, and luckily it has uh, you know the best source material ever exactly. to work from. So exactly. I feel like I feel like they did a good job. But even if they did like a half ass job, I feel like you would still get like accidentally inspired by <laughs> right. what was happening in the movie. <laughs> so no, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think this was a good movie. I'll be curious. To see the scores, because I know you give the critic scores and right. everything like that. I was curious about that because I guess I don't really remember this movie like taking over the world or mm-hmm. being a critical darling, but I was watching it. I was like, this is a fine little movie here. Good yeah. job, Kurt Russell. Good job, Kurt Russell. So where were you when you first saw it? Do you remember? It was so- this was, uh, what was the release date of this? February 2004. Okay, well, February 2004, there was a lot of stuff happening in my life. Okay. Uh, so I definitely didn't see this in the theater. This would have been a, a, a DVD rental because right. this is right about the time that uh, my then girlfriend and I found out that she was pregnant. Okay. So yes, I very, very much remember this time of life. And so all things went to the back burner as we figured out, Hey, are we going to stay here at A&M going to school? (laughs) Are we going to move back home? How are we going to get our support system in place for this? And awesome. Yes. It was quite hectic. Now I could look back and say, it's the best thing ever. My kid's awesome. Right. But at the time, 
We're there to finish college, uh-huh. and we're not married. Scandal. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this is a family podcast. I'm junking it up. Uh, and yeah, there was a lot going on in life, and so this definitely, maybe that's why I don't remember this taking over the world, because sure. the only thing that mattered in my world is Brandon and right. how that would all come together. So uh, as I mentioned, I was in Iraq. So sure. this actually... Looking back in retro, this could have been something that we've seen. Uh, I've seen while I was in Iraq. I also want to mention the date here. It released on February 8th. I went, I got back from leave the the Tuesday before this came out. Okay. So I came, I was actually in the States like two weeks prior to this coming out. And then I got back from leave to Iraq the Tuesday before this came out. So, and it's just for a minute, but. Iraq plays a, an important part in the uh, Iraq and Iran play important parts of in, course, the, in yeah. the prologue yeah. with the uh, the Iranian hostage crisis with mm-hmm. the oil shortages and so yeah there's there's definitely definitely some, some connection there yeah uh, and I I don't remember I don't recall seeing this in Iraq I, I think I would I would remember that but with that being said uh, and since I'm not there anymore and none of the soldiers that I was there with are there anymore Iraq is like the uh, the hotbed for bootleg movies. Uh, this, oh, really? This this would this came out on a Friday. We probably would have had it Saturday morning on DVD. Wow! Oh, so they're flooding the theaters on Friday with their cameras. <laughs> exactly. And everything? Wow. Exactly. So what does? I'm curious then. Not not that you ever would have purchased any of such uh, yeah. illegal items. Don't do it, kids. What would what would something like that set you back? Eight. Eight bucks, twelve bucks. Really? Yeah, not, nothing bad. Sweet. Nothing bad at all. Okay. Yeah, uh, and also, it was the quality that always got you because they always came in a nice little uh, seashell. Uh, yeah. And in, in, in some kind of cover, it might have. Oh. It might not have been the direct cover, sure. but something like you that. You get one of those alternate taglines. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe in cool things? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, it was not out of the realm of possibility for me to have seen this in 2004. However, okay. uh, when I first saw it, it was just actually just this past week. I watched it for the first time. You'd never seen I'd this I'd never movie? seen this. Really? Uh, so I watched this for the first time this past week. Okay. Yeah. And so did you generally enjoy it then? The first time through, I really did. Um, okay. I don't know. It was maybe a myriad of things. It was quiet. There was nobody up yet. Sure. Uh, I could enjoy this. Sure. No, uh, just kidding. Love you guys. Uh, it's... Uh, it was it was genuinely enjoyable. I'm like, this has nothing to do with this movie at all. But my wife and I are celebrating our nine year anniversary coming up in a month, and we, we've been together for ten years. And I'm feeling very emotional right now. Like, okay. like I have all this lovey dovey feeling stuff going on. Wow. So, uh, you know, I love you, Kevin. And so, anyways, uh, I think you're nice. <laughs> it's it's. I was watching it, and I found I found myself getting, uh, you know, did you cry at this movie? I may have. Are I you going to cry right now? Maybe. I don't know. Man. Leave me alone. I, wow. I did tear up. I Seriously, I teared up watching it, and I was like, this is not me at all. I'm not gung-ho. Wow. I'm not gung-ho inspirational guy at all, but I was putting myself in uh, in their shoes. I'm like, this is pretty cool for those guys. Well, and then I, you know who will be happy to hear that, I'm sure, is the filmmakers, because there's no question the prologue that they set up oh, in yeah. this is you know they go all the way back like a couple of decades to kind of set up why this matters so much like they give you the cliff notes version of 
you know, the cycling of the presidents, the right. corruption scandal of Watergate and right. how the country was rocked in the early 70s and how that continued through Jimmy Carter sure. and the, the gas, gas shortage and the Iranian hostage crisis. Right. And so they really kind of, I mean, it's only like three or four minutes, but they really set the stage for, you know, America being kind of, you know, it's not like a catastrophe or anything, but there's some tumultuous things happening in America in 1980. And so they set the stage for, and it even comes up later in the movie about how it's more than a hockey game. And, right. you know, Herb Brooks is like, but it's not. It's just a hockey game. And then eventually he's like, okay, I guess it was. And But they set the filmmakers, I thought, did a good job of setting the stage for why it mattered more than just sure who's going to win. Did you? Gold medal. Did, did you mention the the basketball game that the yes? The that's, that's another one. That's a big point. There, that's right a there. super controversial thing. And right. they, you know, like the Americans didn't want to come out right. to their accept their silver medals. Was that seventy two? Because yeah. they feel like they got jobbed they by sure some did, yeah. phony baloney clock operating, and they ended up losing the game. And so that fed into it too. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it's it's really funny how like these these pop culture moments impact things so much. Like I always joke with my friends that everybody knows the cold war ended at the end of Rocky (laughs) four when uh, Rocky took down Drago. But you know, in, in all honesty, I, I think that that was, I think the game itself was important because there was this like political sense or like sense around the country that Russia was a fine-tuned machine that couldn't mm-hmm. lose at anything. Right. Like, whether it's sports, whether it's war, whether it's whatever. And Going so, to the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then when so when you see this upstart group of long-haired American kids beat the fine-tuned machine, sure. then you're like, well, hold on. I know it seems dumb because it's a hockey game, but you're like, so they're not perfect. And whenever you crack that perfection, like, who knows what else happens? Uh, yeah, exactly. It was... I'll, I'll agree with you 100% there. They did such a good job of telling that backstory, even though it was kind of rushed. Sure. But, but then throughout the film, too, you know, they keep they keep showing uh, the, 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 the Russian stars beat the NHL All-Stars and, you know, that kind of stuff. And if you remember, I wasn't born, but, but I know hockey because I work hockey here in the office. Um, there was that whole series of matches of, of Canada versus the world or Canada versus Russia that, you know, they kept getting their butt kicked. And I believe they played the... They played the Philadelphia Flyers too, you know, and so it was a big theme. Hockey was a big thing in the seventies, going into the eighty yeah. Olympics, and it was uh, very interesting how they put that all together. Now, let's talk about uh, the keeping it real. Do you think that these actors were were believable in their roles? I I would like to start this by saying, for college hockey players, I think yeah, they were. Some of them were, and especially uh, you know, putting the lines together. I agree, and Miracle does a great job. I don't know if I should say does a great job because this is based on a true story, but right. you know, I think they did a great job of once again setting up because they have the big conflict right. with her uh, Brooks and the rest of the uh, USOC or the you know selection committee or whatever that he did not pick the best players, right. and so I think that's a classic stro- uh, uh, um That's a classic trope of sports movies right. is that like the lovable group of underdogs. But he's really clear. He's like, do you know why all star teams don't win? Right, he right. said that when the NHL all stars are losing to the Russians or the Canadians are losing to the Russians, and he's like, I need a team, and that's why he specifically picks these players who he thinks are good but are not the best. And so I definitely think that gives some. Lead 
leeway to the actors, right? Like, sure. I don't need you to be the best. Right. And they even set up that their goaltender is not the best, that right. he's, in fact, going to get to start over the kid who just won or the national, national championship. Yeah. And he's like, nope, that kid's riding the bench. Right. Which we don't, I don't, I need more explanation for why that is. Exactly. No, because that kid's mom died, so he's going to be better. What? Yeah, it's a little weird. I need more explanation about that. Um, I want to, I wanted to zero in on Herb Brooks and Jim Craig, those, those two characters. I think this, honest, hand to God, this is the first time I've ever looked at a movie with Kurt Russell in it and thought, wow, he did a really good job. Yes. I I don't like Kurt Russell movies at all. Whoa. (laughs) I hate Overboard. And there's a a huge thing. That's so weird that that's your (laughs) go-to Kurt Russell movie. Like, how is it not Escape from L.A. or Big Trouble in Little China? It's Overboard? It's... It, there's a long story there, and I can't tell it on air. Ooh, but uh, it involves that girl. <laughs> it does. So, like, but those, like, I'm not a. I need a plot point. I don't. I don't care about Big Trouble in Little China. I don't care Sorry, about uh, about um, Escape, Escape from, from New York or yeah. Escape from L.A. There's. I need more substance. Have you ever seen the movie Breakdown? Yeah, that was a little weird. I, I think that's a. Pre- I think he does a good job of acting in that movie. He does a pretty good job, if you believe that you can get kidnapped trucking and stuff. Hey, like that. it can happen. I don't know. I guess I'm not a trucker. You're not, and I, so I believe it. <laughs> where am I? But uh, I thought he did a really, really good job here. And knowing what I know about her Brooks, he portrayed him very well. Yeah, there is kind of that. Uh, there's the really sad postscript to the movie where, right, you know, they said that the movie's dedicated to Herb Brooks, who died like right in the midst of principal photography or exactly. right before. Yes. Pr- I was like, oh, what a bummer! Like, right. I, I mean, I'm sure they met and stuff, but I just think it kind of sucks that he never got to see the movie come out. Not that he forgot what happened, but you know, I would imagine it would be pretty cool to see the movie come together. That's like about the seminal moment sure. of your life, sure. and so that was kind of a bummer. But yeah, no, I thought he did a good job and I thought they set him up really well low key acting wise early in the right. early in the movie. I, I I thought he was great. Like I'm gonna say that. I thought Kurt Russell was great. I you know what? Again we're going to agree. I agree. And the other guy, Jim Craig, um so w- what do you know about Jim Craig and his hockey career? Do you know Nothing. Anything? okay so this was his moment. Like this was it. He played. Else, yeah. He played thirty total games in the NHL, wow. and he had a career record of eleven and ten. He's not shutting down the yeah. nets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This was it for him, and I can tell you, for that's uh, for a lot of these guys. Exactly. Though, right? well, yeah, uh, there are a good number of these guys that went on and had had nice careers. There's a few of them that made all star teams, but for, for Jim Craig. This, this was his is, moment, wow. and the way that the this this gentleman pulled him off in the in the film, with you know, his whole backstory, his mom dying and his troubled relationship with his dad and everything like that. Didn't want to take that yeah. test? Yeah, um, he did a really good job. He was believable. No, absolutely, I agree with you. And the, the interesting thing about that is, I had no idea, but I was fascinated uh, that he never did much of anything in the NHL. I guess the flip side would always be like easily more memorable right. than. of all NHL players ever. Sure. Like, I guarantee you there's a section of people who are like, hey, what did Brett Hull do in his NHL career? And you'd be like, uh, hey, do you know who won the 1980 gold medal in hockey? The United States. Like, And so I'm sure a ton of more people know who Jim Craig is than your average run-of-the-mill NHL all-star. So I I was 
going to save this for a later, little later when I talk when we talk about the the top three things you would want from this film. But I'll I'll do it here. I'll plug this right now. Uh, Jim Craig. I did a little research in him because I wrote a piece about him, kind of to to go with this uh, podcast this week. Uh, we have a, a Beckett Insiders piece. And my my hockey pieces come out on Monday, so I took a look at Jim Craig. He doesn't have a ton of cards out there. That's but, surprising. But what he does out there have out there really sells well, and it's all because of the 1980 Olympics. Oh, that doesn't surprise me outside of, like, obviously, Aruzioni jumps to mind as right. probably the lead collectible guy from this or the most notable name, but Jim Craig's got to be up in that mix, right? Well, top he, yeah, three, he's, four. he's definitely top three. Yeah. Uh, all these guys that have rookies that, from that 80-81 uh, Tops hockey set or Opeachy hockey set, they all say uh, 1980 Olympic rookie card that they all say that. Oh, so it's uh, definitely, definitely a, a, a huge, a huge role. And then um, these guys have been making the rounds lately, uh, signing together as a team. Smart. So that works out really well for collectors too. But Jim Craig, with only thirty games under his belt, it's unbelievable. Would you? And maybe you know the answer to this. So. I mean, they've got to have been doing the collectible circuit forever, right? Um, like, I imagine you could live forever off of this. They, like, they well, they've been doing, they've been doing it. But in the last three seasons, the last three years, they've been ho- ma- making a concerted effort to do it as a team together. That's smart. You know what you see? Like they were just not, not no, not this year. The year before in Chicago, they were all there for the national. Yeah, as a team, you know. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. No, absolutely. absolutely I mean, awesome. and like, and this happened right when I was being born. But I would say, for a certain large section of people, mm-hmm. this is the greatest sports thing they've ever exactly. seen. And I imagine they would go out of their way to go get this. Sure. So yeah, that sure. makes a lot of sense. All right, um, let's move on to your diatribe because I know you we, you came in the office talking about it. So, what's your plot point that you don't like, sir? Okay, and I want to preface this by saying. I like this movie a lot. Okay. I think Kurt Russell is great in this movie. I have a lot of respect for Patricia Clarkson as an actress. However, (laughs) this movie is a little bit too long. And what I would cut out is every single thing that has to do with their (laughs) marital life because it is absolutely pointless to the, to this movie. It has, I mean, like, oh my God. Halfway through this movie, you're thinking, why did Patricia Clarkson sign up for this role? The only thing she's there to do is kind of nag on him just a little bit. Like, she plays the most stereotypical wife ever. Right. And then finally, she's like, you know, I have opinions too, and don't you dare say that I don't care. And I was right. like, oh, what a dumb line of dialogue. This is so <laughs> pointless. And throughout the movie, like, it's really clear that her Brooks is neglecting his marriage for this completely. And then at the end, they beat the Russians and she's just in the stands because of course she is like, I get why she's at the game, but she just like smiles and gives him the thumbs up. And it's almost like a bizarre, like, implication that she's okay with the fact that he's been neglecting her marriage for the last eight months because Mm -hmm. they won a hockey game. Oh, what's that to lead us to believe that if they would have lost and maybe lost the bronze medal game, she's like, not worth it. We're getting a divorce. (laughs) Or if they lost and won the bronze medal, she'd be like, I guess it's kind of worth it. But because they won in the semifinals, 
finals and they were definitely going to get a medal and then they went on to win the gold medal. Does that mean she's cool with him totally ignoring her for the last eight months? Because like you see scene and again of him neglecting their marriage. Like she goes, you've been looking at that sheet a whole lot. Why don't you take a break? Pass. And, and then she's <laughs> like, hey, this is what I think. And he's like, pass like he shuts down every single thing that she thinks or has to say right but because he did it for coaching it's fine like her brooks is the man this oddly makes him sort of unlikable at various points in the movie because you're like man your wife seems like she really supports you you're being kind of a jerk and so i get that they're trying to build up the drama and stuff but you know like the backdrop of the cold war the fact that you got your ass handed to you at madison square garden and the fact that the USOC doesn't think you know what you're doing, right. that's enough for me. I don't think I need to see you like kind of not doing a great job at being a husband. <laughs> so that whole plot point is stupid. Stupid, stupid. Those are hard moments to watch in that in that. Yes. Uh, um this has nothing to do with that film at all, but it's kind of like Walter White and Skyler. And Okay. I Watching that show, watching Breaking Bad, I could not stand watching those two on screen together. Sure. Because it was so rough and horrible. And watching these two on screen together in these moments, oh, yeah, I'd, and she's a hard pass. She's an awesome actress, and this is just such a generic role for her. It she really has is. nothing to do in this movie. And like I said, I really enjoyed the movie. It's a little too long. It's like two hours and 16 minutes. We could have scaled it back a little bit. Could have dealt without the... Brooks family drama sure. along the way. I think we could have shaved off five or ten minutes and really had this thing cooking. I, okay. So other than that, you were good with it. it oh, was, yeah, yeah. No, like, the, because that's the thing about this movie is you think about, like, so many sports movies conventions is you can't really complain about them here because this is what happened. Sure. You know, I can't say that the better team didn't win because, like, this is how it played out. Exactly. When Russia, they destroyed them a couple weeks before the Olympics, mm-hmm. and but then they lost the rematch. And so it was I, three nights before three the, nights yeah, before yeah. they even started, yeah. and a couple weeks before the general right, exactly, rematch. Yeah. But like that's exactly how it happened. They even used one of the. I'm starting to think that the template for almost all sports movies came from this because you think about it is like, ideally, the better team probably lost. And mm-hmm. Coach Brooks even says, we play nine games out of ten, maybe we lo- or not, ten times, maybe we lose the other nine, but not tonight. Right. And then they even brought in the uh, the ringer player. Remember, like, yeah. during training camp, yeah. they bring in this guy who's going to change everything. And then they sent him away because it was clearly just a psychological tactic right. by Coach Brooks. But they even brought that player in, <laughs> and then they sent him away. And so he didn't get to make the difference. And so... They hit a lot of like what would be considered sports cliches, but maybe they were considered sports cliches because they all worked right. in this movie. And so I can't complain about it because it's based on a true story. Yeah. Was his marital strife based on a true story? Don't know. That was dramatized. Probably. Probably. Okay. You think. <laughs> so give me give me your top athletic scene in the movie. Uh top athletic scene in the movie is the fact that none of those kids quit after the draw with the Norwegian national team. Mm -hmm. And you got the dude from the Truman Show keeps blowing his whistle. And even though he's sad, you have, oh, yeah, there's another sports cliche in there. The old man doctor in the bow tie. Like, how much has that been picked up by future sports movies where you have a wise old mentor? Like, that doctor in the bow tie is there to just give you the perfect advice at just the right time. So 
I'm sorry. I gotta stop. No, yeah, that. he was great. Because when I saw that, my first thought was, "That's Jamie Foxx and Ali." Okay, it's the same guy. I could see that, <laughs> and he's he's Hans from Mighty Ducks. He's exactly. well, the same character, but so that's why I think that like Miracle set the template for all these other movies. But no, that scene is really cool because it shows you like Coach Brooks can be kind of an a hole, right. but. It's probably going to take that to get the job done. And you even hear it in the semifinal game is Al Michaels or uh, Ken Dryden says that, I think it was Dryden, he says that this is the first time he's ever seen a Russian team get outworked Outworked, in the third period. And that was the genesis for it right there. there, He said, we're not going to get outworked. And so I thought that scene was great. And I thought it was great because he's egging them on. He's like, which one of you is going to quit first? And they're like, none. And then you get that moment with Eruzioni, which is it's the best moment in the movie, in my sure. opinion, outside of the actual calls, which, by the way, another cool thing from the Russian game and throughout the Olympics is you get the actual Olympic yep. calls. But it's that moment where he says, Mike Ruzioni, and he's like, and who do you play for? The United States, States of America. America. You're like, damn right. And <laughs> so that's a moment like you knew that was going to happen, but it was. I still thought that was super cool. It was super cool. Speaking of super cool, I want you guys to go check out ClassicAuctions.net. They have a great auction starting. All kinds of great pieces that you need to get about and get to know about. If you love hockey, go check them out. Uh, get bidding on there and tell them that the fat. Uh, I'm sorry, tell them that the Props Podcast sent you. Not the Fat Packs. That's the other podcast I Not do. Not that we don't support them, uh, and too. We, we kind of like those guys because <laughs> it's me. Anyways, um. <laughs> So please go check out uh, ClassicAuctions.net and tell them we sent you. All right. Let's talk about the top three things you would want from this film. Just real quick. Did we – maybe I forget the order some of these go in. Did you get the critical consensus on this? Because I'm really curious. Not yet. Okay. We'll we'll end with that. Okay. Okay. Because I am really curious about this. Uh, The top three things – one of these might be controversial. Okay. Uh, Number one, there's no question – I want one of those gold medals. Okay. I mean, come on. Like, that's that's what I would want, is that gold medal would be absolutely incredible to not only have an Olympic gold medal, sure. but to have an Olympic gold medal for America, mm-hmm. and then to have an Olympic gold medal for probably the most iconic team in the history right. of the Olympics. Like, I mean, you can argue your 96 women's gymnastics team, and all. like, I'll listen to that, but I would find it hard to believe that any... Olympic medal would be more coveted than this one right here. So that's number one. Number two, I want the lineup card for Mm. that semifinal match against Russia. Like, you see him kind of thinking about it. You see him, like... He's, he finished filling out that lineup card, and I was like, man, that'd be awesome. Plus, that's the only one in the world. Right. And so I would definitely want that. And then third, hopefully this won't be too controversial, and I want to preface it by saying I love America, <laughs> is I want one of those USSR jerseys. Yes. Those are awesome looking. I don't support communism or the Soviet bloc, but those jerseys are great. Don't they have, like, is it the CC? What does it have yeah, on it? Yeah, the CCCP. Yeah, yeah that, that's... That's pretty dope. That's pretty legit. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that, so I'm going to give you kudos there. Um, one for me has to be Herb Brooks' game jacket. 
Oh, yeah. With a plaid going yeah. wild? Yes. Awesome. That absolutely has sure. to be number one for me. I'm assuming I can't choose Al Michaels as one of my... No. Okay. If you, I mean, if you don't want... I mean, I don't know. Because every time something awesome happened in my life, I would just point to him and he'd be like, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes! Awesome. Uh, I was... Now that you say it, I kind of I want one of those Russian jerseys, but uh, I will take I will take Jim Craig's jersey. It's a good call from Ingoli, as we just talked about earlier. And then um, I want the cut list. Oh, I want that they were crossing people yeah. out for along the way. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for that last kid who got sent away, <laughs> right? And they like really hyped him up, and they're like, "Look, you're awesome," but I mean, not really because we have to send you away. Exactly. I felt really bad for that kid. <laughs> I really thought I because I I guess I didn't remember some of the backstories as I thought when they had the injury that came into play that mm. I thought they were going to bring that 21st kid back into sure. the mix, and right. I was like, "All right, this is very Mighty Ducks esque." <laughs> so I guess I should say Mighty Ducks is miracle esque. Like right. it's not like they ripped off the mighty ducks but yeah no i i i definitely think those are good and that's why i was curious is i mean these things all exist not yes. that jim craig would sell his jersey or whatever but depending on how many he had he could and i imagine that would bring in holy crap a lot tons of, money. of cash ton, yeah tons yeah. of cash uh with that thing with that being said all these things do exist and they are all out there on the market um i'm looking at right here hollywoodmemorabilia.com you can get uh, Jack O'Callaghan's signed home and away jerseys. You know, wow. um, this is really cool. That's it, wild. It would be hard to display, but it's a poster of Herb Brooks or Kurt Russell drawing plays on the ice. Oh, that's cool. But to have one of those, not yeah. not the ice, but the, the glass, to have to have one of those sh uh, sheets of glass would be pretty cool. Where they initially say, I don't know what the hell he's talking exactly. about. Exactly. My boss, what's up, Gavin? He uh, he has... The Hockey Hawk. That's right. <laughs> he has a poster of them all celebrating, and it's signed by, I'm not sure if it's all the members of sure. the 80 team, but it looks like it's most of the members of the 1980 mm -hmm. hockey team, and I would think that that would be... An achievable but super well, awesome bit see, of memorabilia. I'm looking at one right now, what you're describing. It sold yesterday for $90. It's achievable. It's 90 not, bucks? It's not hard to get. Wow. You know, and so for I mean, even like here's here's a couple of rookie cards from the guys. Uh, Ken Morrow, Mike Ramsey, rookie cards, $1.25 a piece. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then there's a Mark Johnson autographed 1980s Miracle on Ice Olympics hockey puck, 40 bucks. It sold yesterday. It's all stuff really? out there that's not hard to. Here's a huh. Jim Craig replica jersey that stole for thirty dollars. Um, here's a, a a four by six, 1980s Lake Placid postcard signed by Doctor George, sold for less than fifteen bucks. Man, you, I'm a little surprised, but but what, I think it's great. It's just out there. You yeah, know? no, I think it's great that it's all super affordable and everyone can enjoy this iconic moment. And uh, the the creme de la creme here is a Jim Craig autographed uh, full semifinal ticket signed, Ooh. and it's all authenticated by our uh, direct competitor PSA. But it's a uh, it's still it still would be a cool piece to have and. I get, what I'm getting at is that if you wanted it and you like this movie enough, and or if you just like the story, it's out there. You can go grab it. And I'm glad you mentioned that key point right there is because I bet a lot of people still think that we beat Russia for the gold mm -hmm. medal. That was the semifinals, and they beat Finland. Finland. 
which what a colossal disappointment that would have been if they didn't win that game and sure. they had to come from behind to win <laughs> right. that game. Exactly. I think Coach Brooks is like, what the hell are you doing? No one's going to care if you beat Russia if you lose to Finland. See, if we what you said earlier, if they could have got just rid of the romantic scenes or the the relationship yep. scenes, they could have put that, seen that. They could have yeah. put that Finland game in there. Instead, you get Kurt Russell doing a voiceover exactly. about it. Exactly. They're like, this movie's too long as it is. Okay, so last week, and I, I ended the movie stuff. We're still going to talk about the ratings, but I ended the movie stuff just a bit early because you gave us a bit of homework and you asked what the seminal moment was in our lifetimes. That, that Yes. So uh, as you stated just, just moments ago, a lot of people get this wrong and they think that this – they beat Russia for the gold medal, yes. and that's that's not it. But for a lot, for a generation of of people, the nineteen eighty Lake Placid Olympics was it. Oh, I could see that. You know, I mean, it was here in America, exactly. and it had one of the most, if not the biggest, upset in the history of the Olympics. Sure, in it? sure. So, sports wise, I didn't live through this. I almost say it's OJ Simpson for me. I agree. And just sports wise, I'm not. I don't want to. Nine Eleven is a whole different thing, you know. Sure. That's that's completely outside of these. But sports wise, it's it's OJ. <laughs> yeah. No. You're you're right. And it's like if you get the chance, I think even the FX OJ show is good. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Made in America, yeah, the OJ yeah. Thirty for Thirty is unbelievable, and you Absolutely. can see why it won an Oscar. And it, it's just so crazy. They cut into the NBA Finals, right? And small screen the NBA Finals at times for the Bronco Chase. Right. And then they always kept it on screen. Sure. I remember I was in high school, and I was excited because I was going to be in my newspaper class mm-hmm. when the verdict was going to come down, because we have a TV. Right. And I was going to get to watch it. And so well, that's all everybody was talking about. And, like, locally, clearly, you know, the Rangers making their runs mm-hmm. the World Series, the Mavericks winning the championship uh, in 11, the Cowboys three Super Bowls in the 90s. 90s. That had more, like, local penetration. Sure. But in terms of, like, a national sports story, sure. that is – it's not even close that's the biggest thing that's happened in my lifetime because like you miracle like miracle happened right when i was born so let me ask you this that you and i are about the same age right sure so that oj for us is understandable yeah. with today and I, i'm sad that it, it's it's going back to a death but with today's modern sports and just the climate in the in the world would you say oscar pistorius's uh murder case was is right there as well i don't think so just because it's not american based and sometimes like we're you know obviously more american centric so i would say no i remember that that was a huge deal for sure and like he's not convicted but then it got overturned in the appeals court and i don't even know that's exactly how that would work and so yeah no that was a huge deal but he was also a uh you know he, he it's not like he won either like okay. if he would have won the gold medal yeah, yeah. with the you know with the legs i think maybe that would have made it bigger but i would say that's in there but like definitely not just because it wasn't an american athlete if it was an american athlete then maybe just because that's where you get so much of the that's where i get so much of the media coverage for right. like my life because i live in america exactly okay that makes sense I'm, I was wondering, so no, yeah. It, I mean, it's a that was a huge story though, and like that was a story too that 
transcended into regular culture as well. Right. And that's why I think like the Ray Rice story is up there. Sure. Because that became a regular culture issue. You can always tell like when a sports issue becomes a regular culture issue, like if they're on Nancy Grace or whatever, then you're like, oh, okay. So this is you know what you you know what's another one that again has to do with death, but I, this story like took over my life because of the things I enjoy in my personal life is the Chris Benoit yeah, of story course. Yeah. because like I love pro wrestling and like that story was just unreal and then it was so horrible so I think that's in the mix too so let me ask you this then and I know because of where you're employed and me here too we don't have to give our opinions on it but is the Kaepernick thing like right there then for, for, for now? I mean, the staying power of it is being quite remarkable. Like I, and the fact that it's not going to go away and I can't remember the exact trademark, but Kaepernick over the last couple of days, just, uh, just applied for a trademark okay. for something that's clearly going to be for merchandise. Sure. I, I want to say it might've even been, I stand with Kaepernick just to be ironic or it's <laughs> something along the, it's like I something with cap. Okay. And so he's clearly about to put out a line of merchandise for this. And so it's about to get another wave. Like every time you think it's kind of dying down, sure. whether it's the president speaking out about it, whether it's whatever it keeps going out. So, I mean, that's been a big story for like two years. Yeah, so two years. I could see that. Okay. So awards, uh, this, Crazy. It won two awards. It was nominated for four others. Uh, did not know that this was a thing. The AARP Movies are for Grown Up Awards. Ooh. It won Best Interge- Intergenerational Film, and it was nominated for uh, Best Actor, Kurt Russell. Okay. Uh, Good job, Kurt Russell. <laughs> so the only thing he got nominated for was Best Actor by AARP? Well, so far. All right. Uh, Broadcast Film Critics Association Awards. Uh, nominee for Critics' Choice Award for the uh, Best Family Film. SB Awards winner for best sports movie. Okay. Golden Trailer Awards nominee for best. That does. Oh, I see. For best animation slash family uh, for hopes. Though. Okay. Okay. And then the Stinker Bad Movie Award oh. uh, nominee for worst fake accent male. Kurt Russell. Whatever. So I veto that one. There's your awards and nominations. Now let's get to the uh, to the actual ratings of the film. IMDb, sir, your guess is? Man, I like this movie, and I feel like critics are going to like this movie. I'm going to say, and I always think IMDb is going to go a little lower. I'm going to say they gave them a seven. Seven and a half, so you're Ooh, right there. Ooh, okay. That and for Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to say like 80% then. I feel you are, good about You were on the nose with that. Really? Yes, on the nose. The Tomato Meter Freshness Awards. 80%. The audience score was a 90%. Yeah, man. And I'm surpri- I'm a little surprised that's not even higher. Like I this seems like a hard movie to hate because it kind of feels like you're hating America right. if you don't like this movie <laughs> like, oh, you don't like one of the seminal moments in American history? Out. Out. Uh, but yeah, no, that's good. 80%. That's man, that's fantastic. That All makes right. me happy. That's uh I think that's going to do it for us this week. Now let's choose next week's movie. We I forget the name of the film, 
but if you like to see John Wayne on ice, we can uh, we can do a John Wayne hockey movie. Let me look it up. I've never even heard of John Wayne being in a hockey movie. Let's, let's look it up Is while we're sitting there. Is this movie easily accessible? Because <laughs> so, whatever you're about to tell me, I don't know what it is. John Wayne hockey movie. It, it is called Idol of the Crowds. It was released in 1937. Huh. What are our other options? <laughs> hey. Just to let you know, it's got a 6.2 on IMDb. Whoa. So, this is worse than this movie. Exactly. It's worse than this. Uh, uh, so we have Idol of the Crowds with John Wayne. Okay. Uh, or we can do Goon, if you want to do Goon. Yeah, I, I have seen Goon, but it's been a minute. And I would go back and watch that so again. So if you ever want to do Goon 2... I've never seen Goon 2. Is Sean William Scott also in that movie? He is. Oh. But I happen to know one of the, his co-stars that's in that movie. Really? So we, if we want to do, if we want to go back and do a, a, a sequels podcast. Ooh, special edition Goon 2. Yes, we could, uh, we could make that happen. But right. you want to go with Goon? Yeah, let's go with Goon. All right. And I'm going to... I'm going to really put my brain power to work here so I don't have to watch this John Wayne hockey yeah. movie from the 30s <laughs> so we can figure out another hockey movie. We, we have a few more in the hopper that we can pick from, but uh, we'll go with Goon next week. Guys, thanks for hanging out this week. Uh, hope you really enjoyed it. Again, go check out classicauctions.net. Tell them that uh, Kevin and Eric sent you. That's a wrap. <laughs>